Today, we've got two sellers from opposite sides of the world who both have sold multiple millions of dollars online, but in completely different ways. One started with the most cliche Amazon product ever and now mainly sells actually on Amazon Germany, and the other actually produces all of her own products and sells in the Amazon handmade category. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Helium 10's got over 40 tools for e-commerce entrepreneurs. I know how overwhelming it might seem to try and figure out how you're gonna learn how to use everything or maybe even to know which ones you wanna get started with. So for a completely free course that's gonna guide you through learning everything you need in order to become a Helium 10 expert, visit the Helium 10 Academy. That is h10.me forward slash academy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got a couple serious sellers from the Serious Sellers Club uh, here with us to, for the first time on the show today. we got Sean and Dana. How's it going? Yeah, very well. All good from this end. Same. Excellent. Doing great. Excellent. All right. Well, we're, I, I have never, uh, at least as far as I know, I have a bad memory, but I've, I don't think I've ever talked to you guys in person or or, or had one-on-one -on -one calls or anything. So we are going to just completely learn about you guys from from uh, from the scratch. You know, this uh, this all came from a post I did, and we have a private Serious Sellers Club uh, Facebook uh, Facebook group, and, and that's where we um, have six, seven, and eight-figure sellers in. And, and I was like, hey, guys, I'm looking for some, some new people to to come on the podcast, um, you know, by just by being in this club, I already know uh, that they have verified revenue with Helium 10. Otherwise, they wouldn't uh, be able to be in the club. So I didn't I don't have to I didn't have to do too much of a background uh, check here. I was like, you know what? The background check we are going to do live on the air. So l let's start with uh, Sean. Uh, where, where are you all calling in from right now? Um, I'm in a city called um, Alicante, which is about three hours south of Madrid. Okay. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've heard of uh, I've heard of that. I've have I been there? I'm not sure. I've been to Madrid, Barcelona, you know, many times, but I'm not sure if I've uh, been. There. I know that they have a good uh, soccer or football team yeah. uh, down uh, over there as well. Now, where were you born and raised? So I'm originally Irish, and um, I spent the first half of my life living there, and um, then um, I moved to the UK and spent quite a few years there. And I've been in Spain since um, July 2020. Okay. What what um, did you go to university in uh, Ireland or UK? No, I didn't. Um, I was always one of these um, kids that um, university just wasn't for me. Um, I couldn't wait to get out. I of love school. it. So um, I was very lucky. Um, well, when I went to the UK. Um, I got a job with um, the US Bank Citigroup. And I was with them for about 25 years. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, I was, I was quite looking, quite enjoyed um, working there and moved up the ladder. So, um, and th then um, I left City, started a domestic cleaning business. Well, what, what prompted that? Just looking for something different than corporate life or? Yeah, I mean, corporate life became very much of a tick box exercise um, where you were just constantly um, making sure that you were compliant with everything. And it, it, was very, it was a very slow mover. 
um, for obvious reasons. And um, I was sort of counting down the days to retirement. And then I thought, you know what, this is wasting life. So one day I just decided that's it, I'm going to go. And um, so I didn't spend any time thinking about it. And um, I asked for redundancy and they said no. So I, I begged them for redundancy and um, they gave it to me. And I started a um, cleaning company for a couple of years. And you know, that, that was quite difficult, but it was a good introduction to business. Okay. And um, about 18 months into that, somebody introduced me to selling on Amazon. And I thought, this is ideal for me. Um, it ticks all the boxes. Um, so I started my first business, I think, in 2016. And was that in Amazon them. USA, uh, Europe? Yeah, started, uh, yeah, I mean, I was one of the amazing selling machine uh, uh-huh. people, ASM6, I think it was. And um, it's like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, my first business was, um, you know, it, it wasn't very successful. I'm assuming that you're not sell. Uh, from what you're saying, you're not se- uh, still selling that same product that was your no, first. Uh, no, can no. you tell us what that was? What it was then? Yeah, I mean, my very first product was a garlic press. Ah, uh, are you serious? Like, like how? How? I, I like. It almost sounds like I was setting that up, but I had. I literally had no idea. <laughs> but I just had a feeling it might be something cool. So, <laughs> garlic press, yeah. like that would be like if I was like, yeah, I was selling collagen peptides and and over there. That's classic. It slightly, classic. Yeah, it's a slightly different model uh-huh. to what's available, and it did okay, um, but it was never going to to go crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then but, I, but I you learn, you learn from the experience, you know, I'm yeah, sure. I, learned. Uh, I mean, I learned okay. about branding because I had several different products under the same brand, which of course is, is the absolute wrong thing to do. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I also, you know, I was a bit unlucky in the sense that a few of my shipments um, got lost coming from China and I never got um, reimbursed from that. And that really didn't help the cash flow. So I had a lot of headwinds, but the most important thing was that, um, you know, I learned a lot and, um, and everything I learned then I use, we're using in the business sure. that, um, that I have today. Okay. All right. We're, we're, we're going to come back to you a little bit, but that's, uh, we're going to pause right there in uh, 2016 and garlic presses. Uh, Dana, what about you? Where, where are you calling us, uh, from? I am just South of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Excellent. I, um, I actually just have a new hat of, of a uh, I don't have it here with me, but um, of a uh, I think there's a minor league baseball team around there called the Louisville Bats or That's something correct. like that. Okay, yeah, and yep. I, and I got the hat because it says LB like our, our listing builder tool. So like yep. the next time I do a listing builder video. So anyways, uh, uh, if I visit that area, you'll have to take me to one of those. I love minor league baseball and and just random sports and different things. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. But uh, is that where you were born and raised and it is. and yes. stayed your whole life? Okay. Yep. And what about you? What about, uh, did you go the college path or did you uh, enter work or what, what did you do after high school? I very much went the college path um, to the extent of be, becoming an accountant. Um, I actually got my CPA license, so I did that extremely difficult test, uh, did it all, did um, taxes and audits for many years. Um, well, where did but, you go to college? Uh, where did you get that uh, training? Uh, University of Louisville. Okay, hold on. Is that the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. 
Ah, oh, there we go. I got it. See, I'm, I'm doing good with my sports yep. uh, sports uh, teams uh, today. All right. So, yep. so actually started working in the field that you went to college for. That's, yep. you know, sounds like yep. that should be normal, but like nine yep. times out of 10, I think people, people can't say that. And uh, what about you? Like what, uh, what brought you out of that field or what, what made you start thinking about um, e-commerce? Yeah. So, I mean, the world tells you to fit that box. Um, and so mine wasn't a 25 year journey or anything. I had been in it at about seven years, but I had, I had a family at home. And, and if you've, if you're familiar with anybody who's done and worked in the accounting world inside of taxis and like, I negotiated my way into 60 hours a week for that time frame, where everyone else had to do way more than that. You know, like that mm. was my, Hey, I've got kids at home. Can I only do 60? Um, and it just year after year that yep. just became, yep. It, it just, I felt like there was something that I could have more control over. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't, that's not really why I started to make my craft, but it quickly became like, okay, if I decide to do this, um, I could have a little more control over when I work and when I don't, or, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm still working, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's under my um, thumb. Sure. And so it was a gradual, I've been in business for 10 years. So. Okay. So 10 years ago, you started to make this, this shift. Now, was it, um, was it something you started at the, in the beginning, just, uh, you know, like in, in those few off hours outside of those 60 or did, or did you, you know, uh, quit cold Turkey and, and just like oh, no. said, I'm going to start something new. No, it was the, the majority of my business until I quit. Um, until I actually quit the corporate grind. I did both for four years overlap. Um, and so until I quit, the entire business was built between 9 PM and midnight. Uh, my employees were mm -hmm. all moms and we were all friends. And we, as soon as our kids went to bed, we all came to my basement and, and made product. Yeah. Like uh, other, other, you know, all these husbands in, in Louisville are like, where's our wives going at, at 10 o'clock? And now I'm going to my friend's house in the basement. Sure you are. But you, you guys actually, uh, actually were. Okay. Well, and it's and a little then, questionable because we work with a lot of glitter also. So <laughs> you would come home at 1 a.m. And it's like, all right, I, I swear we're working. <laughs> okay, okay. Now you said at the beginning, like, wait, what? Ten years ago was Etsy was Etsy a thing? Ten mm -hmm. years ago? Yep. Okay, so, so so you started on Etsy and, and going to local places. Uh, yep. How did you guys decide? Like, I guess what we call in Amazon nowadays, product research. Like, right. like how did you decide your first products? You know, I'm assuming it wasn't a garlic press, but like, how, how did you decide what? you would produce and what, how there was, you know, why, why, why did you pick it? Like, how did you know there was demand and stuff like that? It was honestly, it, that's, it's a totally different conversation when you talk to somebody mm -hmm. who crafts and I hate saying craft. Cause like, that's not what I do. I run a, a stupidly large business, but um, it's, it's, you don't usually approach it like doing product research. It's usually like, Hey, this looks really fun. And then a bunch of people are like, Hey, I want to buy that. And then it just kind of becomes a thing. Um, mm -hmm. So it's less of, um, knowing where you're going first and, and more of, okay, this is becoming a thing. Um, so it's, it's a whole different conversation uh, when you talk to somebody who's kind of um, sourced and, and done all their research before they ever drop a dollar. I was just going to Hobby Lobby and buying a bunch of stuff and seeing what happened. And, and it was uh, fairly profitable uh, for you from the get go. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Now, how, um, what year did you decide to, give Amazon a, a try? Well, I wanted on Amazon for a long time, but we don't really fit the mold of that. Um, and so it didn't really become a thing until they opened Handmade in October of 2015. 2015. Oh, All right. I, so, so, I, so I, similar. I, I, when to... they opened that category and I was one of the first ones on there. Yeah. 
Now, be, before then, um, what was your? What did you get your sales up to, like on on other platforms uh, outside of Amazon? Uh, we were multi six figures between all of our other um, avenues, um, but that was that was a lot of grind. Some of it, I mean, a, a, a large portion of that was Etsy, um, but it was it was in person, it was wholesale, it was all kinds of of avenues. Yeah. And it was like it was a company that was run by you and all your your other mom friends that you're yes. you're referring to there. Okay, yep. interesting. All right, let's switch back to uh, Sean now. So 2016, you you made the garlic press. Probably didn't make too much money, uh, if at all, but learned a lot. And uh, what what was your like? What what did you pivot to? And like you know, I'm assuming you actually are like, hey, you know what? I need to find a a product that's not saturated, or I need to you know figure something else out. But I definitely like this Amazon thing. So so tell me about how 2016 2017 worked out for you. Yeah, I mean, I think looking back on it, um, I didn't really have a plan. I um, I probably had my head in the sand a little bit and sort of hoping that um, sales would pick up rather than, you know, just facing that it's an issue and, um, you know, um, fighting it head on. But I tried some other products and, um, again, they had, um, you know, they didn't do very well. I mean, I expanded to Europe as well. And, um, you know, that basically, you know, kept me going, but it was never going to, to take off, basically. So it was just by pure accident. Um, when I was on a forum, I was one of the few sellers on there that was selling in Europe. And most people didn't know how to, how to navigate uh, VAT in Europe and, and so forth in the various countries. And I had done quite a lot of research on that. And um, a lady from Slovenia um, contacted me and said she, she was selling in the U.S. as well with her brand. She wanted to expand to Europe, but she needed some help with registering in the VAT and so forth. So I helped her. And then she said, you know, is there anything I can do to help you? And she helped me. She, she's basically a superb designer. She has an eye for detail that no other human being on earth has. And... Um, you know, she started helping me and then, you know, we both became very familiar with each other's businesses. And then in 2018, um, five years ago tomorrow, um, she said, you know, do you fancy doing something together? And um, I said, yeah, why not? And we, we found a product and it was just for the UK very quick. Um, we found the product very quickly. We sort of estimated that we would get 30 sales a day globally in um, um you know, the whole year round, but the product just took off immediately and with no PPC, no reviews, no advertising. And, um, you know, after I think about um, eight months or something, it was doing like 1,200. Um, well, one day it did 1,200 units a day in Germany. And um, wow. it was very different to our competitors. And she had another business, which then she exited that business and we worked on this full time. And um, we, we found that um, her skill set and my skill set were the complete opposite. And, um, you know, the designing, the product picking and images, videos and everything. She took care of all of that. And I did the logistics, the ranking, um, inventory and so forth um, until we got to a stage where we, where we couldn't cope. We had a couple of VAs um, that, you know, were a bit of a disaster um, because they're very task-based 
as opposed to showing initiative. Um, and in in the middle of 2021, I think it was, we decided that we would either sell the business or we would expand by investing in getting some good people on board. And um, we took the latter and, um, and the business then took off. Um, and that's sort of where we are today. So what uh, what was your best year since uh, you know since now you're you're doing this joint venture with somebody else? Like was it last year? Was it 2021? No, we've doubled every year. So um, so 2022 uh, was your was yeah, your best year. So um, I mean, our year end is the end of May. So we were um, like 120 percent up um, in the last 12 months. So, so if you combine all your marketplaces, gross sales, yeah, what, what was it about um, in dollars, roughly? How much in dollars? Yeah. Um, oh, the, the total, I don't know, but we did get up to a um, million dollars one month. Um, so I would say um, seven or 800,000 maybe over, um, you know, to balance out over the year per month. So. Okay, so so getting getting closer to to eight figures, uh, in other words. Yeah, I mean, one thing we did um, um, was like we we had a lot of stockouts, and um, which yeah. as you know kill you. But um, by bringing somebody on board who knows exactly what they're doing, um, we haven't been out of stock for one product for the last fifteen months, I think, and that's made a huge difference. Um, okay. So, and, you know, launching in the U.S. as well, is, we're starting to gain some traction there. Um, is Germany still your number one marketplace revenue-wise? Yeah, or is you... you yeah, Germany is by far the biggest. Uh, okay. Uh, Germany and the U.S. Is, is a distant second. And then maybe France and the U.K. are probably next. So, Okay. All right, cool. Now, ba- back to uh, Dana here. Um, at, why don't you let everybody know what are the requirements for um amazon handmade you know like like i can't uh or maybe i can you know like with my coffin shelf you know could i technically get on on amazon handmade or, or what do they make you sign or what, what what is the terms of service of being able to list your product in amazon handmade yeah so they they um it's it's a juried category so you have to like fill out an application um and so part of that application is stating um, whether or not you make your products or what percentage of the products are made by you. So you can like, um, I have people who ask me all the time, they're like, well, I have a laser machine. My laser is the one who's actually cutting it. And I'm like, okay, that still applies. Um, but you have to verify, um, or when I say verify, uh, you have to answer the question um, as to um, how many employees, how basically they want to know how big you are because they kind of don't want you to be too big. Um, they it is, a, it is a small business category. And when you get to the place of, um, of needing 50 employees or whatever it would be to produce your product. It's no longer handmade. Um, and so they do some verification, um, inside of some accounts, um, periodically I've never had it done on mine, but, um, I coach a lot of other people who sell handmade. And if you have an item that you're selling in handmade, that's easily reproducible, um, with Chinese sellers or something, they'll get that question a lot um, where they will basically have to do a video call with handmade um, and show them they want to see you in your in your workspace and your in your scenario um, to prove that you're still supposed to be in that category so um, there's no okay. real, real rhyme or reason but I, I can I've seen enough people go through it to see that some of the categories inside handmade that they will kind of pinpoint um, just to make sure it's not somebody who's gotten in who, who shouldn't have. Now, are you still continuing to sell on Etsy and, and, and other other uh, platforms as well? 
We do. Um, uh, we're, we're a brand in general, so we do a lot on Shopify. Any traffic that we drive ourselves is all done through um, through our own our own website and stuff. But uh, Amazon's a big piece of that. But yes, we still sell on Etsy. We still sell. Uh, we do some wholesale, um, and then we we do a tremendous amount of, of um, traffic to our own web pages and email lists and stuff. And then, so what, what's your, how, how do you choose what to do now that, you know, like I know you said, you know, 10 years ago, it was just kind of random, uh, but, but what's your process now for, for deciding what you're going to make? And then also for all your products, does it just automatically go to all the platforms? Like, we'll list it on Etsy, we'll list it on Amazon, we'll list it on Shopify, or, or some things are on some and some are not on other. What, what's your basic uh, MO there? So we put it on all of them. Um, and what we sell is very seasonal based. So we sell holiday items. Um, so for Easter, we put up Easter items. For Christmas, we put up Christmas items. Um, and so it's, I'm telling you, the conversation is so different than people who are like, hey, Sean's like, I have one product and we have it all under one brand. And I'm like, well, we're literally going to finish up five different new designs today and they'll all go up on all of the platforms today. Um, and it's all underneath that brand. So um, we've learned kind of what styles our customers like and stuff, but um, it's a constant production of, of new designs. Um, and that because I'm handmade, the majority of the items, uh, we do FBA, but like it's not, um, it's not a requirement to kind of sell inside handmade. It's not the way that everyone necessarily approaches their handmade business. I do because I'm, I'm, I'm now kind of, in the, in the Amazon world. Um, but a lot of the people who come into handmade to start with, um, they're selling on Etsy. And so they, they make the items, they send them into, uh, the customer when the customer orders it. And so they just transition their Amazon business to, to fulfilling themselves. Um, and so that's, that's what a lot of it is for people. Um, so we, we just kind of listen to what our customers like as far as the styles go, but, um, we still produce and, and send a lot of the items here from our warehouse. Okay. Interesting. Now, what, what about you? What, um, what was your peak of sales in the last few years? Was it, was it last year, year before? And then how much about, was it uh, across all these different platforms? I know I'm not sure if you have that number handy, but, but just rough estimate. Yeah. So we, our biggest year was 2020. Um, it was uh, what we sell, um, is the handmade products are over a hundred dollars. Um, so it was very based off of, uh, and we only sell on the U S market, um, so it was very uh, influenced when people were at home and they wanted their items um, that they could just shop online and they had ex extreme amount of kind of extra income. Uh, so that that drastically affected us inside of uh, 2020 specifically. But we still do multi seven figures a year. Multi seven figures. And yeah. wow, that's and, and you're producing all of these yourselves is it still yeah. you and the same group of people or it is or yeah. so we so we did because i did kind of become an amazon girl uh and learned that world um so i kind of do both pieces and dip my toes into both sides we do sell um supplies and other items related to um what we make um and so that is a contributing factor to kind of the large piece of it but it we're still over seven figures just for the handmade side for sure now to do you know to to be in the millions of dollars of sales, um, you know, I, I'm assuming this is not obviously something you're doing from nine to one o'clock in your basement. Right. So like, well, what kind of operation are you, you know, have you had to get a warehouse, uh, yep. you know, hire full-time employees and, yes. and things like that? Or Yes. So you asked about like starting and how we decided what we were going to make. If I would have done yeah. it again, I would start, I would have started with something smaller, but what we make, um, actually classifies us in the oversized category. Um, so we are um, 
in the growth of um, expanding into 10 years of business. Um, it doesn't fit in my basement anymore. Um, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of space that it takes up. So yes, um, I quit my uh, corporate job in 2017. That year we moved into a warehouse. We've since moved into a different warehouse. Um, and so um, we have a couple employees on that supply side where that's just kind of fulfilling orders. Um, and with that as well, we, we do Shopify, we do Etsy, all of that. My, my whole business is um, not meant to be uh, just an Amazon brand type thing. Um, but uh, we do have, um, it, it's seasonal. As I said, we make like Christmas items, we make Halloween items, et cetera. Um, so we will be heavier in um, staffing uh, during those periods. But we try to run between seven and 14 people or so throughout the year. Okay. Who are actually now, making the handmade products. Yeah. Now we're going to uh, just go back and forth with just some unique strategies from both you, um, you know, things that, you know, not, not any Amazon seller can or online seller for that matter can just say, Hey, yeah, we do millions of dollars a year. You guys have achieved that. So, you know, looking back, like what are some things that, you know, some strategies you could share that you think you're a little bit unique on? I mean, almost anything about the handmade is, is something unique because not many people do it, you know? So let's start with uh, Sean, like, uh, give us one strategy, you know, 60 seconds or less, something unique that, that you guys are doing that, that's helped you uh, achieve this level of, of success. Um, just two things. One is staff, having good staff. The, the second thing I think we're doing is um, we manage our, um, our ASINs um, at a very low level. So we know exactly every day how each level, how each ASIN is performing. And we have an internal tool that's I can look at it within 20 seconds. I can see how the business is performing, if there's any trends that we, uh, that we don't like. The other thing that we do quite well, I think that a lot of people um, don't really take much notice of, is our numbers. So we've invested a lot in making sure that we know exactly what our numbers are and exactly what profit margin we have on each product. And if there's a product not performing, because um, that happens, um, then we just get rid of it. So um, I think that's what separates us from, from, a, from a lot. But I think having good staff is the, definitely the most important thing. Dana, what's a strategy you can give us, um, something that you think uh, people can learn from? So again, coming from a different world, the people that I'm dealing with and in, in trying to launch the handmade side, those are my people. Those are my conversations I love having. And in, and in that mindset, um, and in, or in, in the conversations with those people, it's shifting their mindset that they are a legitimate business. And so that's a lot of times what my story has done for them um, is proving to them that they can be kind of whatever level that they want to be, um, which is why, like, I love having conversations with people in the Amazon world who are not approaching business the same way that I am. And they, they look at me and they're like, oh, like, you're legitimate, like you're actually making things. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that is what we do. And so speaking to those people, um, they, they struggle to realize that their business could become kind of whatever they want it to be. A lot of them are really stuck in the mindset that, okay, if I made $10,000 this year, that's a win for me. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But if you, if you buckle down and you do something different or break the mold, um, cause there's so many of them are like, I don't want to do Amazon. I don't want to do Amazon. And I'm like, okay, but if you do look what could happen. Um, so just push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit and whatever your business is, is um, made you comfortable in doing, uh, maybe there's something else out there that's different that, that could help you be more than you dreamed it could be. 
what's your launch process like, Dana? Like for, for you know, are you doing the sim- similar things any private label seller is? You know, PPC and try and get visibility and get to page one, or or is there something unique about selling in handmade that's different than 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 non handmade? Well, depending on kind of the the saturation of which handmade category you're in, um, I don't have to do a whole lot of work to get on page one of the category that I'm in in handmade. So handmade is a main category, but then it has all the subcategories. So you can have um, T-shirts, you can have mugs, you can have tumblers, like whatever that might be, but it might be a subcategory within handmade. Um, so we don't necessarily approach it the same way because we've we've created so much um brand recognition and just we we have a lot of products out there that kind of dominate the category in general that we're in uh under handmade so it's no our approach is different we we do ppc uh but it's not necessarily to get one item uh to get traction we are approaching a launch uh which is funny because no one in handmade calls it a launch um that we we make a product we take a picture of it uh we list it and we're only making the one until we turn around and get more orders for that same one and then for us if it's kind of proven itself that might be something that we turn around and send into FBA, um, but it's it's us creating the one, uh, getting great images of it, and just adding it to our entire catalog, um, and just rising the whole tide of the whole business. Okay, now now what about somebody who's like, you know what, I don't necessarily want to be making stuff, you know, for years in my basement, or or this is not, uh, you know, the exact career path for for producing my own products, you know, but at the same time, I don't have three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars to invest in a, in a product, uh, you know, from China, uh, is, is handmade a good way if I, if my budget is low to at least get my feet wet in the game and start building up capital, or is it kind of risky to do that? If you don't have experience, what, what would you suggest to somebody who's out there? Who's like, th- who, who definitely wants to sell on Amazon, uh, would handmade be kind of like that gateway drug potentially, uh, for them? I mean, it, it could be you have you have to have a passion behind selling your product uh, or making your product. Basically, mm. um, it's not a, a, a thing or a category that you approach of, hey, I want to be in on Amazon. Uh, lo- what thing can I make? That's not usually the kind of conversation that I have with handmade sellers. Um, it's usually that they love what they're making and they they make it really, really well. Um, the conversation that I have to have with a lot of people when they're trying to decide if Amazon is their next route is, are they ready to take on what that scale might look like? Because if they if they turn around and get increased orders, 200, 300% of what they're doing now, just to start out within those first couple months, a lot of them were like, okay, no, I'm, I'm not sure I could handle that. Um, yeah. So the conversation's just, it's different. I'm not usually speaking to someone um, who says, hey, I want to get on Amazon is handmade the right place. Um, but it's, it's an avenue that yes, if you get into it and and you catch the bug, which is kind of what happened with me, I sell, I sold in handmade and then we turn around and and branched into other pieces outside the handmade category. Um, but that's not usually the, the approach for, for anybody in that category. Okay. Now, last two questions for each of you, uh, Sean, first of all, uh, favorite helium 10 tool and, and how to use it. Yeah, I guess that you know the, the um, keyword ranking tool um, I use most. Is that one of those metrics that you're looking at when you're looking at the product's health, like where what, how it's ranking on keywords, uh, or? Yeah, I mean that's what we're looking at right now. I mean we're working on you know um, 
you know, and getting take, um, get, getting other data on, on our own tool is just an internal tool. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we use that and um, we use it. Um, I mean, my favorite one, which um, I can't even remember what it's called, it's the one whereby um, you can split up all the words into individual words. Um, Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Is it Frankenstein? Or, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I have great fun with that too. Um, so yeah, we, we use Helium 10 all the time. Okay. Dana's favorite favorite Helium 10 tool and how you use it. Listing Builder. I use Listing Builder um, to just to give variation because what we sell is is I'll have Christmas items. And so if if we're selling 50 of the same, it's all the same keyword, you know, so making sure that they're that they're varied or I can use that easily to kind of mix it up. All right. Uh, last last question is is, you know, like I always talk uh, this year about people's uh, hobbies and what they're doing to get the, out of the, you know, nine, uh, nine to five or for entrepreneurs, sometimes it's nine to nine. We, we get, you know, like we, we always need to have something to take us away from our daily grind. So, so Sean, what, what are your hobbies? Uh, what are you doing uh, uh, to, to make sure that you're mentally and physically healthy? Um, I mean, I, I'm a huge sports fan. So, um, um, and I play I play a lot of tennis and paddle out here. I'm not sure if you've heard of paddle. Um, I'm not. It's, you, you will do. It's apparently it's, it's starting to gain some traction in the US. Um, but I'd never heard of it before. Um, I came out here. It's a little bit like I think you have pickleball in, in the US. Yes. I think yes. It's a little bit like that. Um, okay. And you know, and like the weather here is fantastic. You have sunshine. I think 320 days a year, so um, it's quite good. But but also, I love what I do, so I, I don't feel as if it's a job. That's important. You know, um, so I don't need to get away the way I did when I was in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Dana, what about you? We are still in the process of kind of figuring out that balance. Uh, but we have, um, me and my husband have gone into short-term rentals. Uh, so there's a lot of kind of travel associated with that, of launching Airbnbs and, and that that side is kind of fun, learning something new. Um, but to get out of, that's a piece of the get out of the nine to five grind. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I also coach on Handmade at Amazon. And so um, just that education world of not necessarily having to trade time for money um, is kind of the end goal. Um, but I love like still growing this and, and managing my team. I don't make the products anymore. So it's more just um, helping brainstorm what, what the next step is and, and that kind of thing. So uh, like Sean, it's, it feels nothing like the grind that I used to do. Um, so it's, it's a different um, activity uh, that lights my heart on fire. And when it stops lighting my heart on fire, then I'll figure out what's next. Okay. Now, Dana, if anybody wanted to reach out to you on the interwebs uh, to learn more about, you know, what you do or, or hit you up, is that possible? And, and how could they do that? Yeah, I run a Facebook group that is handmade to Amazon. Um, and it has my name in the Facebook group. So that's the easiest way to find me. Um, I'm in there loving on all those people and, and teaching them to actually take their craft as a business. So what is what is the Facebook gr uh, group's name? It's handmade to Amazon dash Dana Midgif. Okay, got it. And uh, Sean, what, what about you? Uh, you you want to stay private out there or are you, are you down with people no, reaching I, out to you? On I don't mind. I love to talk to people too. So I guess they can get hold of me on, on the um, Series Sellers Facebook page. Well, they can't get in there. Not, not many people can oh, get in um, Yeah. yeah. Link, LinkedIn or any or just maybe yeah, they can I'm find on LinkedIn. So yeah. Or if they find you on a tennis court 
they're in exactly, Spain. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you can, as long as they don't interrupt the match, you'll be fine. So. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, it was gr- uh, nice getting to know your your stories, and uh, you know, next year maybe we can have uh, you guys back on the show, and let's see, let's see, um, let's let's see what you guys have have accomplished in in 2023. It's definitely an interesting year so far. So I'd love to catch up to you guys next year to see where you're at. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us.